Welcome back to the Vocal Vault Podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Matthew, and we have an awesome guest in the house with us today. Someone that I aspire to be like and someone that's encouraged me so much as a young educator. He's a master educator, musician, and a dear friend of mine. Please enjoy this episode with Iowa legend, my uncle, Brent Peterson. Brent, how's it going? Good, and thanks for having me, Dakota. This is a talk shop with you, bud. Love it. Thanks for being on the show. Well, would you kick us off and go ahead and introduce yourself, kind of tell us your name, where you teach, where that is, and how long you've been there. You bet. So this is Brent Peterson from Timberline School, which is an 8-9 building in Waukee, Iowa, part of the Waukee Community School District. Um, I'm actually entering year number 32, so I've been doing this a long time, but it's still pretty cool, and and I'm happy to be at Waukee. Now, Waukee is suburb West Des Moines area, correct? Kind of yep. around Johnston, Ankeny area as well? Correct, and when I started there um, many, many decades ago, we were like this little town where there was 80 kids in a graduating class. And now Waukee is so big that it's split into two high schools and there are like four to 500 kids in a graduating class at each of our two high schools. So and probably 20 plus elementary schools and a a million middle schools and everything feeding into them as well. It's a large suburban district. Yep. So it's it's always growing. It's always growing. Yeah. Awesome. So let's back up a little bit. Um, You've been teaching for 32 years, which is kind of nuts. And, and I think we're, we can all learn a lot from you today. So can you, you know, back up on the, on the timeline here a little bit, how did you get into the vocal music scene and kind of what is your background in music and how did you get to where you are 32 years later? Okay. So fun fact, I did not go to college for vocal music when I started. Um, I'm from an itty bitty high school, had 19 kids in my graduating class. So when you're in an itty bitty school in Southwest Iowa, you do everything. You're in band, you're in choir, you're in the play, you play multiple sports. And I actually headed to college to be an accountant and be involved with a little track and volleyball. And I was always doing music stuff. And obviously um, music's very important to me. It was part of my life. But in high school, um, I was a four-year All-State band kid. Mm-hmm. And went to music camp down at Northwest Missouri State in Maryville, go Bearcats. And I got hooked into wanting to go to college there um, via my connections um, with the faculty from going to music camp there. So yeah, did many sports in high school, uh, way involved in all the artsy stuff. But I was kind of one of those, I'm going to prove to everybody I'm a jock and and music I was really good at, but I kind of didn't want to admit it too much. Mm -hmm. Go to college. Um, start my accounting degree, which I loved, but then I was just bored silly. And all along, I was in the marching band, I was in the jazz band, I was playing piano for the show choir. And I'm like, you know, this music thing wouldn't be a half bad way to spend a career. And sure. so part, part way through my sophomore year, I switched to vocal music ed and the rest is history. Here we are. Now, to, to my knowledge, you've been at two buildings over the uh, 30 plus years of teaching, correct? Because you no, started, I, actually, I was in. This is my third district, so I was in teaching high school at two small schools before coming to Waukee. But these last twenty six years at Waukee, um, I've always been at the middle school level, anywhere from grades six through nine. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. interesting. 
I, it's kind of weird to think about too, because you and I both did the did the sports, and I, I say my high school is a little bit bigger than yours, but I was also doing everything, playing soccer and golf and musicals mm-hmm. and marching band and all of that as well. Now I did go in, uh, you know, with a music ed intention, with my dad being the choir teacher at my yeah. high school and everything <laughs> like that. Um, but I mean, your family was pretty musical too. I would say. Um, Absolutely. Mom and dad both have a lot of music skill. Um, didn't go to college for it, but just a lot of music skill naturally. And little brother was a musician and little sister was a two-year all-state choir kid. And yeah. also known as your mother. And yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're pretty proud of all of our accomplishments as a family. Absolutely. So you are at Timberline School, which is an 8-9 building. For Correct. those of you that don't know Iowa, or at least maybe the Des Moines area, does it a little different where... In, in Nebraska, middle school is generally sixth through eighth grade choir, and then you start high school as a freshman in ninth grade, whereas Waukee and, and maybe other West Des Moines districts do it a little different where they have a seven, a six, seven building and an eight, nine building or something Correct. like that. Could you, could you speak a little bit to that? Sure. Just to accommodate the sheer number of bodies under one roof, Waukee used to be a six, eight middle school and a nine, 12 high school. Well, we got to be so big that developmentally, we thought it would make sense if we put sixth and seventh graders together in one building under one roof, eighth and ninth graders under one roof, and 10th through 12th graders. It was a space consideration, but also it was good educationally. Um, Ninth grade girls um, are just sometimes pretty uncomfortable around senior boys. Um, Ninth grade boys are just dumb when they get with upperclassmen. and. Putting those eighth and ninth graders together just has been an absolute right fit for me and educationally for kids. It just works. It just works. So what is your favorite part about teaching choir specifically in an eight, nine building? I mean, you've been at that building for how many years now? Yep. This would be 27. um, Okay. in, In this grade capacity. And what I love is that eighth and ninth graders are old enough and mature enough to tackle some really quality literature but not too cool and too mouthy to think that they have all the answers. Sure. Um, when I taught sixth and seventh grade for a lot of years too, that really challenged me to not go too far over their heads. Um, but yet th- it was fun and I enjoyed that. But this eight, nine thing, you can really get into nitty gritty teaching the concepts of vocal music, how to read music, how to produce a great sound, how to work as a team, but also you still kind of have the fun element. And in eighth and ninth grade, no kid has probably decided, hey, this is what I want to do with my life yet. And so they're still willing to try things, which is sure. also cool. Well, it's interesting too, because I, I teach sixth through eighth, eighth grade choir. And so it is interesting for me because I don't get to necessarily pick some of that you know, more difficult literature and things that would be, you know, maybe a little more interesting for me to direct. Right. Uh, Cause we have to pick stuff that's appropriate to their, to their age level and their skill and things like that. So you kind of get the, the best of both worlds where you get to pick some, some interesting, tricky literature to teach these kids. Um, Cause they're just a little bit older. Um, it's kind of this like gray area mesh between middle school and high school. And you do a lot of work with the high school as well, just because you're, you're feeding that high school. Can you talk a little bit about how you balance the, the teaching the middle school during the day and then getting to go work with those high schoolers in the evenings for different things? 
Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that this grade level really appeals to me is I can absolutely have a life outside of what I do from eight to three. When when it's, oh, I should say seven o'clock in the morning is when we have show choir before school two mornings a week. So from seven o'clock to three o'clock, I am giving those eighth and ninth graders every ounce of my attention that I can to build good musicians, build good people, most importantly. Absolutely. But, but I have such a connection with the high school because having taught high school myself and just being a great PLC team with our people 612, we feel like we kind of know sequentially what we want to happen at each grade level to prepare them for whatever happens next. Sure. So, I work very closely with our high school directors. They come down and visit. I go up and clinic them a lot. And, and let's be real, the time commitment at 10, 12 is a whole lot bigger than it is at the eight, nine outside of yeah. school, which allows me to do my other passion, which is coaching track and volleyball. Yep. So I coach track and volleyball at Waukee. I go do uh, clinics for show choir. I judge all the time. I'm one of the lead adjudicators for Iowa Allstate choir festival. And I just love being able to have my hands in a whole lot of different areas because of my flexibility, my schedule with eighth and ninth graders. Sure. And I think it's interesting because some of our listeners will be fresh out of college thinking that they want to pursue a high school job right out of, right out of college. I, I know for me, that was the case. I thought I was dead set on teaching at a high school. And now I find myself going into year number three of teaching, two of which are just middle school. So um, it's definitely has its perks and has different rewarding things about it. Um, you spoke a little bit about show choir, and that's something that is a very massive thing in Nebraska and Iowa and the Midwest. And um, it's kind of a beast in the choir world. And a lot of what gives some kids interest in the choir world aside from concert choir. So can you talk a little bit about how you became such a well-respected show choir clinician judge, how, how you got into the scene of show choir. And let's be real. Some of us don't anticipate being so involved in a, in an activity that's so much like a sport in the choir world um, and the competitive nature of it and everything like that. So can you just talk about how you got into show choir and, you know, if you really saw that coming right out of college. Sure. Well, I've always loved it. Um, I guess we did swing choir back in the day, you know, uh -huh. when I was, and, and then it moved into this whole show choir beast and it, and it allowed me to take my coaching background of, Hey, I'm a competitive guy. I think kids like competition. They like to know where they stack up against people. You know, it's, it's real life to want to get better. And yep. show choir has absolutely been the avenue that's allowed me to have a select group um, at Waukee. It's an audition situation. Our concert choirs are y'all come and I'm glad to have that experience with them. But this show choir has also kind of been like, it's your A team, it's your club team, if you will. It's sure. the kids that are, that are really motivated about wanting to be great together and, and just have this little competitive musical experience. And, and I'm a big, big advocate and a big fan for this. Um, I had no idea that I would, I guess, turn into the respected judge and clinician that I feel like I have in the, in the Midwest. Um, and you are, yes. I get called, I get called every year to come do, you know, five, six, seven, whatever different events, competitions, whatever, but it's because I think I get now more invested in the process than the product. And this is a big, mm. where I've learned so much over my, you know, three decades of doing this 
at the beginning of my career, I was so hung up on what the number on the trophy said that all I worried about was how can I get to chase this trophy? Okay. Mm. Now I honestly, and my kids would say this, I could not care less about what the number on the trophy is. If the process is done correctly, the product will take care of itself. Mm. So we always tell everybody it's good to have fun, but it's even more fun when you're good. Let me say that again. It's good to have fun, but it's even more fun when you're good. And kids like to be pushed. They like to be driven. And in something that's competitive like show choir, if you just work hard and enjoy the process, the product's going to take care of itself. Let me get my journal down and write down everything that you said <laughs> over the last minute and a half. That's really, really good. I think, you know, especially when we're teaching kids that are younger than high school age, it's really easy for us to approach them from a, you know, el- little bit outside of elementary level, you know, range in terms of the things that we think they're capable of, but they're really capable of so much more. And I think you, you nailed it on the head when you, when you say that they, they want to be good and they want to feel like they're accomplishing something that they didn't know they could. Um, and that's where I think the process comes into a lot of it as well. Cause you're, you're teaching them how to become, you know, hardworking and persevere through the times that are, are boring and mundane to, to really chase a, a good, a good product through practicing good pro- process. Yeah, 100%. And, and I would tell you again, that early in my career, I would kind of like dance around and sugarcoat comments that I want to give to people in groups. And now I have found that for me, the more direct that I can be, the more helpful it is to their growth. And, and I think the people that I've worked with would tell you, I, when I give critiques and when I, when I score, I like to compliment, critique, and then correct. So I want to tell you what you're doing well, kind of build the trust, build the vibe in the room. Then yep. we can get, you know what, here are some things that I think you might want to consider. And here are some solutions to go home and try. If all I do is blow smoke up everybody and tell them how wonderful they are, they don't get any better. By the right. same token, you can't just tear people apart and hope that they want to come back and work hard for you. That doesn't work. So if you can build the compliments, then chart the course and then provide some solutions saying, Hey, I didn't like how you did that. That doesn't accomplish anything. You need to give them a solution to how to then try something new for a different result. And, yeah. and that's a practice skill over many decades. I think I'm pretty good at it now. I didn't used to be good at it. I would say you're pretty good at it. I've sat through a few of those critiques and clinicians myself. Um, I think that speaks a lot to the excellence that you push for in your students. And if I'm not mistaken, Iowa as a collective state in the choral world is pretty respected for their excellence and their standards that they have around singing and choral music. Can you talk a little bit about how, how you as teachers and, you know, your students as well, how you uphold that tradition of excellence and, and what you guys do that, that sets you apart from other states in the choral world? Sure. I think there's just a big focus on literacy and on teamwork. And, and I really mean that teamwork element of it. You know, there might be a lot of great individual singers in, in every school, but collectively the choral background in Iowa has been so rich and I think kids, again, like to know that they're part of something special. And I think kids like to be challenged. And when we do have opportunities, 
like taking kids to large group contest or even at the younger level, our Opus Junior High Honor Choir, I got the opportunity to be the guest conductor of the Boys Opus All-State Choir uh, several years ago. Oh my gosh, dream come true. One of the coolest days of my whole career. And it's all because kids like to be surrounded by other kids that have a common interest they like singing with their friends. And I'm not trying to make music teachers out of anybody. I'm trying to build music consumers and people that know how to function as part of an organization. And it just happens in my world to be with vocal music and sports. It's really just about being a part of a team. Sure. I mean, I think we learned that a lot. There's a big collaborative part to, to being in a choir and being in a vocal music setting and also on a team. I think there's a lot of similarities there that, yeah, I think are they go hand in hand with forming these kids into, you know, productive, respectful people that are ready to go make a difference in the world after Absolutely. we're done with them. So, and that, like you said, that's our main goal as teachers is to yes, teach them this content that we teach and, and help them have strategies to consume it and perform it if they desire, but also we're molding these kids into, into respectful humans that can make a difference. So, Absolutely. um, totally random but do you have a favorite performance that you've been a part of either as a director or performer or anything like that sure i'm going to give you two i'm going to go okay. all the way back to high school uh, my first year making all-state band at the end of the um concert the band and of like 285 players and the 600 voice choir combined on wilhowski's battle hymn of the republic um wow. it was the most incredible experience I, I that was my first like wow this is really big this is important to me um i had tears running down my face it playing the final song on that concert um yeah it, it moved me forever i think another one as a professional was i mentioned earlier when i directed the opus boys all-state choir um amazing just an amazing experience to have a hundred and 80 seventh and eighth grade boys in front of me um, wanting to make music together, wanting to have fun together that day. And fun fact, there are now three kids that were in that choir that are now my colleagues that I teach with. That's that were, so cool. That were in that choir. And, and now they're on my staff. And I, they, they say this to me all the time, how that day either solidified for them or made them decide, I want to do this. And wow. to now have, a, to know that somebody that I had an influence on is now my colleague, that's pretty huge. Yeah. And I would say that you have a, a son that is getting to watch you do all this stuff too, that is turning into quite the, uh, quite the fine young man of musicianship yep. and also is a stud athlete and, and golf and everything like that. So yeah, it's, it's been cool to, to be on the receiving end and the, the observation end of being your, you know, your nephew and everything, getting to watch you do all of this for as long as I've been alive. I feel like you're mm -hmm. also one of the main reasons why I'm in the profession I am and I'm trying my best to, to do the things that you do. So I, I, yeah, it's, for those of you listening, Brent Peterson is the real deal. And if you have a chance to get him into your building to come work with your kids, uh, you can thank me later for that. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you say one more time for the people in the back, those two uh, quotes that you said about uh, process and about being good? Yeah. 
So if you just invest in the process, the product will take care of itself. And that's true for choir. That's true for show choir. That's true for sports. Don't be chasing a scorecard and a trophy. Just invest in the process. Then the product will take care of yeah, itself. That's and really then, good. And then we have a little slogan saying in my classroom that it's good to have fun, but it's even more fun when you're good. And, yeah. and kids like to be challenged. They like to feel proud of what they're doing. So as teachers, I want to make good people. And I want them to know that hard work does pay off in life and it does matter. And so they would tell you they have a lot of fun on the way, but they would tell you that Mr. P, as I'm affectionately known as, Mr. P pushes us and he cares about us. And I think that's what motivates me to want to go start year 32 next week. Yeah, that's so good. Well, Brent, it's been just a great time getting to chat with you and talk shop about everything choir and and background. And I, I can't thank you enough for giving some time uh, for everyone listening. Anytime, so. friend, anytime. Well, thanks again for those of you listening. Um, tune in next week for another episode with another incredible guest. Look in the description for a link to one of these performances that Brent Peterson was talking about here. And until next time, see you later. One, two, three.